This is Joe Peters from Coldwell Banker, and I'm about to interview Bradley Fay, or Brad, his last name is F-A-Y, from Stepping Stone Strategies. Brad's organization just concluded a summer staycation for the central Jersey area, where they went through tons of things to do locally that you may not even have known that existed. And he's just kicked off his fall season of the same. And it's actually a harvest season uh, staycation guide, talks about farms, talks about wineries, talks about some of the things you can do right in your own backyard. So hang on and that will be right on. Hi, this is Joe Peters and uh, with Coldwell Banker Residential Real Estate. Today I'm with Brad Fay, who I have met from several Somerset County Business Partnership uh, groups that we both belong to. Brad, say hello. Hi, everybody. Joe, it's good to be with you. So, Brad, I, I did a little reading up. I try to do a Johnny Carson or a Larry King and understand who I'm talking to in a little more depth. Uh, your Stepping Stone Strategies is a company that you developed about two or three years ago, and from it, the central Discover Central New Jersey has evolved, it sounds like. Yeah, that's right. I, I spent most of my career actually supporting people in marketing with uh, data and research. And in fact, I wrote a book called The Face-to-Face Book uh, with Simon & Schuster about the power of, of word of mouth. And, and uh, certainly a podcast like this are an example of uh, power of word of mouth. Um, but really, I decided a, a couple of years ago, I wanted to, to, to not support marketers, but to be a marketer. And I'm um, taking my marketing um, capabilities and, and using them to promote central New Jersey. Wow. And then Central New Jersey on your blog, and I give people a, a um, on your website, I'm going to give people a link to it uh, that are listening to this. There's a very comical, what is Central New Jersey? And I guess it starts off with Stephen Colbert and it's got a little bit of uh, the ever comedian, John, uh, uh, my mind is blank on his last name. Uh, acting as a judge. You're thinking of John Stewart. John Stewart, right. And they're usually at the opposite ends of the spectrum, although they seem to have changed polarities over the last five years. Uh, and then it gets actually into interviewing the governor as to what is Central Jersey. And, you know, like in New Jersey, we say things like down the shore that makes no sense to anybody but us. But we have our own ways of talking about things. And when... <laughs> whoever it was was interviewing the governor, I guess it was Stephen Colbert, uh, they were talking about a submarine versus a hoagie. <laughs> and, you know, if you get close to Philadelphia, it's always been called a hoagie. If you get cold, closer to New York City, it's always uh, a sub. So it's some nuances there that are pretty funny, and I'll include that click to it. But the reason I came back to you, several reasons. One, you've always been fascinating. I'm a history buff. And every time we talk and I hear you talk, uh, I learn more about the history of central New Jersey, but you're also very much into marketing the central New Jersey things to do. And you started with something earlier in the summer, especially if everybody not being able to travel called a summer staycation guide to central New Jersey. And I understand it was a fairly big hit. It was. Yeah, I think uh, I've had close to 25,000 people read that blog on my website, discovercentralnewjersey.com. And the uh, reason for it is, you know, here we are in this difficult health crisis, um, unable to, 
to travel, summer vacation plans put on hold, um, people feeling stir crazy. Well, what can we do? I mean, the, the, the truth is the best answer this summer was be a tourist in your own backyard. Um, go out and discover the places that are wonderful here in central New Jersey that maybe you heard about vaguely or maybe you didn't hear about at all, um, but you need to visit them and get to know these places. And, and people were doing that. And particularly when so many places you could visit are, are really outdoor activities, you know, whether it's hiking or canoeing and kayaking or um, taking a Sunday drive down a beautiful scenic byway, um, visiting a farm. Uh, a lot of my uh, clients that I work with are, are family farms. And, you know, the Garden State is a real thing. Um, and it really started here in central New Jersey. And I, I believe the state of New Jersey should reclaim that nickname, <laughs> Garden State, and try to do a lot more with it. I tend to agree with you. I know I, I did leadership Hunterdon and then I did leadership Somerset. are both year-long programs, and especially in Hunterdon. They took us through some of our dairy and agricultural farms, and it was amazing what goes on in our own backyard here. Um, if you were to tell the people, ask the people who went through the program, what was the most fun of the 10 different one-day projects we did, farming always comes up at the top of it, because not only did they take you to a working farm that they actually took the results of the produce into New York. They didn't sell it local, but they took you that afternoon to a museum so they could show you down in on the edge of Lambertville of what farming used to look like and how people would do things with horses that we're now doing with machines. And it, it's, it was mind boggling. So I think we, we have a beautiful state and area of the state wrapped around us. And most of us, because up until recently, it's been a bedroom community. We went elsewhere each day and came back and just ate and slept here. Um, it's now turned into a live, play, work, and educate community where we're living more and more in a, uh, we're doing everything we used to do in two places into one place, I guess the best way of saying it. So based on the success of the summer staycation, you went into a harvest season staycation kind of, or, or tours? Yeah, so now we're talking about harvest season where you and I are talking together the last day of September, and I'm sure you'll post this in October. Um, you know, this is the height of harvest season, and in, in the Garden State, um, it's a great opportunity to, to visit uh, farms for harvest festivals, pumpkin picking, apple picking, um, outdoor uh, music. Um, many of these farms that have been doing festivals for a long time um, have made adjustments. You know, they might ask you to buy an online timed ticket in advance to help spread out the demand. Uh, they will ask you to wear a mask. Uh, and so forth, unless you can be more than six feet away from people. So, you know, those kinds of adjustments have been made, but still it's a, it's a great way to, to nourish not only your, your stomach, but also your soul um, by visiting a, a local farm. And, and I think the pandemic really helped people appreciate the importance of local access to food because there was a time at the height of this where we thought, gee, are we going to be able to get the food that we need? Right. The farmers here in New Jersey, they're here to do that for us. I know the last two years, um, I belong to a rotary in, in um, Bridgewater. We worked the 4-H fair that was held in the Bridgewater area each summer. I guess this year it probably didn't happen. 
but it was amazing what was under, I guess they, they, they used that Milltown Road Park right before you came all the way down to 202, 206. And it was so popular they're having people park up at RVCC and busing them in because they just couldn't control the traffic down there. And they had everything. I mean, you could go pet a chicken, pet a cow. You know, they, they, they had go-karts. They had robots. They had every possible thing you could be interested in that was going on in the Somerset County area because it was a 4-H fair. It was centric on farming. And it was amazing. I brought Marilyn with me one day, and she just disappeared. And when I got done working the booth, because we did a children's uh, a fundraising booth for children's things to eat like mac and cheese and hot dogs and whatever. She says, come on, I got to show you all these things. And we must've walked around for an hour and a half. And I was really dragging by that point in time, but it was amazing. So we're in the center of what's really an agricultural belt. And you expanded even further because the Sourlands area, which is touches Mercer, Somerset, and Hunterdon County, if I remember correctly, is your main, not main, but it's, it's a good representation of what's here. And you've not only got the fall um, harvest season going on, but you've got the Discover the Sourlands season going on. So let's talk a little about each. Let's talk about the harvest. I mean, we're sitting here now at uh, roughly the end of the month and uh, good grief my phone rang in the middle um when does this kick off or has it kicked off already oh uh we're right at the beginning now of uh the the main harvest festival season there's quite a few uh farms that that do it every weekend in october um and then there's some farms that will have started already in september uh you know, but there's great places uh, here in Somerset County, like uh, Norris Hill and Hillsboro and Saddam Farm in, in Franklin, Snyder Farm in Franklin. Um, and, uh, you know, and then just over the line in some of our nearby counties, uh, there's places like um, uh, uh, Van, Th Van Thun and okay. also, and also uh, Terhune, which is really been the leader in the harvest season going back, you know, four decades plus now. And um, a lot of wineries mixed in here as well. So it's a little bit of everything. Yeah. I, yeah there's some wonderful uh, wineries where you can go and, you know, this, this uh, month people will, meaning October, they'll be, um, you know, offering outdoor music for wine tastings. You know, everything is now outdoors but that suits you just fine at a farm or a winery. So are these activities that go on all week long or are they predominantly just for weekends? Uh, you know, many of them are, are, are uh, weekends in terms of the festivals, but they're open during the week as well if you simply want to go and shop and visit. Um, you know, one of the ones that uh, I think is, is a great visit um, uh, almost any time is uh, Dogwood Farms up in Basking Ridge. They've they just relocated there from Hillsboro um, at uh, the site of uh, the old English farm near Liberty Corner. Um, they've got um, you know pizza on weekends, but on weekdays they're open as well for with organic vegetables, and you can walk around the farm and and look at the fields where literally George Washington and his troops uh, spent the night when they passed through 
on their way to uh, Yorktown, Virginia for the final victory in the Revolutionary War. Um, and that's the farm is still owned by the same family that owned it then. Wow, that's it. I love how you blend the history in because doing real estate, I when I get up into the Watchung area, especially, there is so much history looking down. We have up on one of the ridges, and in, in, uh, and it's documented where that Washington actually was sitting up on the mountaintop watching the British march out, march out of New York. You can see the redcoats; they were that high up, supposedly. You know, people remember the the names uh, Valley Forge. They they remember uh, Morristown, where uh, winters were spent by Washington and his troops, but two winters were spent in uh, Bridgewater in Bound Brook. Wow. Uh, it was then called the Middlebrook Encampment, and uh, they did that two years. And the only reason people don't remember it very well is because they were relatively mild winters and they weren't nearly as uncomfortable and, and ill as they were uh, at Morristown and, um, and Valley Forge. Wow, and I understand from talking to you at an earlier session that we're coming up on our 250th anniversary of the nation, and they have a fancy name for it that I can't pronounce, but. Well, I'll tell you, it's semi-quincentennial, semi but I'm pleased as a marketer that they are moving away from that and simply calling it the 250th. The 250. So the big 250, if you think of, of uh, 1976 was the bicentennial, the 250 will be 2026 or about right. five or six years out. Um, the, the concept now is how do we market now for that to draw people in, but it's become a bigger and bigger thing because we do want to have people come to the area and at the same time visit the history of the area as well as the agriculture of the area. I think it's a big opportunity for New Jersey generally, and, and in particular central New Jersey, because we really were the crossroads of the American Revolution. Uh, the, the troops during the Revolution were spent more time and had more battles in New Jersey than in any other state. Um, it, this is a, a, an opportunity to reintroduce the state to the nation by telling the story of uh, the American Revolution. Um, and and now is the time we should be making plans in terms of, you know, what are the stories we want to highlight, which are the sites that we want to improve um, so that we can be at the front of the line when people want to uh, learn the story. So great. Once again, I'm going to put all of this information in the post that this video is appearing in, but Brad is with the, uh, Brad's site for this information is called Discover centralnewjersey.com. And if you just type in in Google, Discover Central New Jersey, you'll find it. It's going to be one of the top first page sites out there. And all of these places that we're mentioning are there. But what a better way to spend time locally when, in effect, it's not safe to go to a lot of other places yet, learning about the agriculture, learning about the history, and well, learning about the wineries. It, it all blends together very nicely. It's something for everybody in it. What, uh, moving on to the Sourlands, what, tell me how that differs from what we talked about already. Well, the Sourlands is the name of a region, a forested region in central New Jersey that is the biggest forest in central New Jersey and the, and the third biggest in the state. Um, it's the largest between New York and Philadelphia. Um, it's 25,000 uh, acres, it is 90 square miles. Um, it is at the intersection of uh, 
Somerset, Mercer, and Hunterdon counties. Um, and it's just a beautiful area that was never developed because it was so rocky that it resisted uh, both housing developments as well as uh, before that, uh, even farming. Uh, there are pockets of farming there, but it's, it's difficult. It's uh, literally a tough row to hoe <laughs> right. when you look at the Sourlands. Um, and the, I've been working with the Sourland Conservancy. It's an environmental group that is concerned about the fact that 20% of the forest, uh, a million trees are going to be dying in the very near future. These are ash trees being killed by the emerald ash borer. So this year we've created a virtual event that will celebrate the Sourlands, but also educate people about this new risk and the need to do um, tree planting to replace those ash trees with other native trees. And uh, that's gonna go live on YouTube on October 10th. Um, and you can get to it at sourland.org slash solo fest. It's the Save the Sourland Solo Fest. And uh, that event will be on YouTube and it will be available on YouTube uh, long after October 10th when it goes live. So if people are hearing this after that, they can still watch it. It blends music performance performed with social distance against beautiful landscapes with a nature documentary. I think people are gonna find it about as good of a sort of local uh, content that they could they could enjoy for an hour. It sure sounds it. Um, is the Sourlands a higher level area like mountains? Or I know there's a-, a You know, I, I'm originally from New Hampshire, Joe. So yeah. I, I question the term mountain here. Um, Ours are hills. It, 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 the highest peak is less than 600 feet. Okay. Um, I think I, I think I think I was born over 600 feet up in New Hampshire. So, um, uh, but still, that's what they call it. And there are it's 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 hilly. Let's say it's hilly. Okay, but it is a contiguous 90 square mile area, mostly treed and not developed. And it, much of it has been preserved. Um, right. I recently heard a statistic that Somerset County alone has preserved 6,000 plus acres uh, in the Sourlands and the other counties have done similarly and private land trusts have preserved land. Uh, but some of it's privately owned too. There's privately owned forest as part of it. Okay. So I watched the trailer for it this morning and it was very interesting. I mean, we're definitely going to take part of it, what we're permitting this year. It sounds like something I've lived next to all the last 20 years that I've lived here and never, if I drove through it, I don't know that I did it. And if it's 90 square miles, I must have driven through parts of it but uh, we want to discover it together. So there's opportunity there for biking, birding, trails, hiking, any picnicking. There's just lots of things to do out there. That's right. It's, it's, a, it's a beautiful paradise, really. And it's so close to so many of us. And, and beyond the recreation, uh, it's a very important stopping point for migrating birds who are going down the uh, Atlantic Flyway. Okay. Uh, it's also an incredibly important source of our clean drinking water. Uh, it is the headwards, headwaters of the Stony Brook and the Millstone River and the Raritan River. Um, much of those waters come out of the Sarlands. Did not realize that. I went through a presentation last year up in the Morristown. I guess I was up in, in Basking Ridge and they came in from the Great Swamp and talked about the year before and how it had more rain and whatever and what it meant to the 
to the water and how the water flowed from there down to through Newark. I guess it flowed upwards and then back down through Newark. But this is a, a more central New Jersey um, of the same thing. It's where our water is coming from. That's right. So what happens next? I mean, you did a great thing on the summer. It sounds like you got the fall rolling along. Um, is this something you see happening seasonal over and over? Well, you know, what I'm hoping is that this will be a year when we reconsidered a lot of the things that are important in our lives, you know. Um, I, I, my hope is that whether it's local farms or whether it's um, beautiful outdoor places for recreation and for uh, connecting with, with nature, that, uh, that we're going to keep some of those new habits and furthermore, that we're going to be able to start sharing those stories and those opportunities with people who live not in our area, but not far away. Um, right. There is no reason why we don't bring uh, significant numbers of, of New Yorkers and Philadelphians who are looking for getaway weekends um, to central New Jersey. Um, the state of New York, by making a concerted investment in the Hudson Valley, has made that a remarkable um, economic engine for a five, six county region. It's crazy that we don't do something similar to them because uh, I, I can't believe it when I hear about people who live in central New Jersey who say, hey, we're gonna go have a, a weekend in the country visiting farms, so we're going to the Hudson Valley. And I say, right. what are you <laughs> talking about? It's right here. Um, and we're about 90 minutes shorter distance for um, New Yorkers than the Hudson Valley is. So this is really a great asset of central New Jersey. Um, you know, our, our history, our farming, which are really two sides of the same coin, coin because our history is farming. Um, yep. And the beauty of the area and the accessibility to major population centers, about 15 million people live within 90 minutes of here. It's just uh, amazing. Um, so we should be, we should be uh, enjoying a lot more of that reputation and economic activity uh, because of the beautiful place we live. I know when I went through Leadership 100 in, and it was 2016, so it's going on five years, we, we did a, a different project than this. But one of the things we identified as our natural economy resource was farm to table. And then the year before us, they had identified the wineries and they had actually developed the program that helped develop the wineries out in, it was hundred county centric, but it's the same subject that just spans several counties. Right. Uh, you know, one of the frustrating things I learned about New Jersey is that it, it not only does it not reinvest very much of its tourism related taxes in tourism, but it also divvies it up by county. And I just think, you know, some of our counties are quite large and well-populated, but even so, uh, I'd much rather see our counties being put together to create bigger regions. And right. that would give us, you know, a, a greater uh, resources to tell a story. Um, you know, 20-something counties in New Jersey can't all be telling a separate tourism story and have that be effective. Um, I agree. So I, agree. I, I like the idea of putting together the central New Jersey counties as a, as a, as a team effort to promote our region. 
Well, you know, even when I talk to some of the local mayors, uh, the fellow that's the mayor of, uh, he's very active because he runs the Red Mill, but he, he was the mayor. I think he's now in a council in Bethlehem Township. Um, he's amazing to talk to because not only is he in the ecology along the river that runs through it, uh, he runs the Red Mill and he, he's involved in everything. If you go to a community affair somewhere in Hunterdon County, um, Paul Muir is probably going to be there and you'll recognize him because he's like six foot eight. He'll be the biggest guy there. But he's always amazing to I listen to. Give him a run for his money. And I have met Paul. So uh, we, yeah. we've talked about uh, some of this stuff. So neat. Um, we also saw on your site the Cypress Tree song, which was a, a musical that was cut out at one of the farms. Is that Was that at a festival or an event? Yeah, so uh, that is part of the Sourlands uh, solo fest that I okay. just told you about. Uh, we, we filmed these musicians playing songs uh, in beautiful Sourlands landscapes. And this particular one was at the St. Michael's Farm Preserve in Hopewell. Um, and the, the singer, Abby Gardner, and her husband, uh, Craig Aiken, played together. Um, and it was a brand new song that she had never recorded before and let okay. us do the first recording of it called Cypress Tree. And uh, it fit the ecological uh, theme of our event. But it was, it's just a wonderful song by an, a very talented songwriter I've admired for more than a decade. Uh, Abby, like all of our musicians, is a uh, uh, New Jerseyan. Great, great, great. So I, we've learned a lot. If, if somebody would like to find about, all about this from the top down, you could go to discovercentralnewjersey.com and you will find all of the pointers to all of these sites. If you'd like to know just about the Sourlands event, the solo event, once again, that URL is? Sourland.org slash solofest. Okay, and solo stands for Sourlands? Well, it actually stands for solo as in a, a singing a, a solo. Got um, it. They, we, you know, Sourland Conservancy for years, their signature event every summer was a, uh, music festival. It couldn't safely put on a music festival uh, this year. So what we did was we got musicians to mostly perform by themselves or with a uh, uh, a spouse. Uh, we had two two married couples involved, and they performed um, in a socially distanced way on on film, so that we could share that with everybody and not violate uh, state uh, health guidelines. Right. So that's sort of why we're doing this as a podcast versus a radio show, because we want to do the same thing. The radio station still isn't open. And quite honestly, I think it's just a lot easier. I get a lot of mayors and councilmen that I talk to, and it's just a lot easier to plug in over something. We're recording this on Zoom, and we're just going to take the audio part and put it out as a blog post and a podcast and distribute it. So, um, Brad, you're, you're in the business of putting not only agricultural and municipal people together, but also people who want to know more about the things that are going on in their area. If somebody from any one of those free areas wanted to contact you, what is the best way? Um, probably uh, an email um, to uh, bradford.fay, F-A-Y, at gmail.com. Bradford.fay, F-A-Y, at gmail.com. 
Okay, my name is Joe Peters. Um, I'm with Coldwell Banker, as I mentioned earlier. I try to bring items like this of general interest together. If anybody needs to know more about Brad or have any questions for me, I'm at 908-238-0118. Brad, I thank you for coming on. And uh, we'll have to do this again as you get into future seasons. And I definitely, you'll probably see me out there. I don't know if our paths will cross because there's a lot of places to be all at once, but uh, you've you piqued my interest and hope we've done the same thing with some of our listeners. Great. Thank you, Joe. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Wow. That interview with Brad was very, very interesting. I don't know about you, but I'm going to take a look at some of the links that are in my podcast and take a look and see if there's some events that I'd like to get out and see this fall. It sounds like there's got to be something there that would be of interest. Also, I'm going to play an intro to my services at Coldwell Banker, which will follow, and hopefully you'll sit through that. Thank you. One of the biggest decisions in your lifetime is buying or selling a house. Choosing a realtor with strong client communication, technology, and marketing skills will dramatically improve your chance of success. That's why Hunterdon and Somerset's residents rely on Joe Peters. Joe believes his clients deserve a smooth and seamless experience, not a roller coaster ride. As a Coldwell Banker sales associate with 20 years of experience, he's helped hundreds of people to achieve their goals and dreams, no matter where they were in the buying or selling process. Here's what his satisfied customers have to say. Joe guided us through the process of selling our home and made a complicated transaction appear seamless. Joe is diligent and responsive without being pushy and truly keeps his client's best interest in mind. He would return calls within minutes if he didn't pick up. Joe accomplishes this by approaching every transaction from a business perspective. Initially, he tries to fully understand your goals and dreams and make them his own. Then he takes the mass amount of data that's available and distills it down to a few understandable action points. And finally, he controls the entire process through technology and marketing. The end result to you is a smooth, rewarding customer experience. Let Joe show you how to take his professional expertise and put it to work for you. To contact Joe, go to jpeters.com. You can call 908-238-0118 or text to 908-304-4660.